But James chapter 5 tonight, we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to read down through verse 12, and then we'll take verses 7 through 12 as our text. But starting in James chapter 5, verse 1, the Word of God says, Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Not a very positive message there, is it? All right, let's continue on. Verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets which have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, and the Lord is that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be nay, yea, and your nay nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to meet here and to hear about what you're doing um, in the life and ministry of this of this church. And just it's so cool to hear about member after member who is striving to give someone that they love and someone that they care about and someone that you've placed across their path, the gospel. Lord, um, as I hear about some of these that still need to come to know you, Lord, your patience, we trust in it, we believe in it tonight. And I pray that you would continue to um, help us to be a soul-winning church and to give out the gospel. And uh, for these that were mentioned by name, I pray that you would do a special work in their hearts that over these next few weeks, um, that you would draw them to you and that they might be, their hearts would be open and receptive, that you would uh, do things in their lives to make them more open to, the, to hear the gospel, that they might be saved. Lord, repeat, help us as we study your word tonight. We ask in your name. Amen. Well, I want to talk tonight about, do I have patience yet? How many of you parents have ever needed patience with your chillins? <laughs> um, You know, I want to talk, we'll go through the context here. In James chapter 5, verse 7, we see, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Um, We know that from James chapter 1, verse 1, that James here is writing to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. And if you look in chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. So he's already spoken to them in chapter 1 about patience. And there's a definite tribulation context here in which James is showing us, he's writing in chapter 1 to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. And there's a definite, definite tribulation context to this, that during the tribulations, the Jews will suffer intense persecution. They'll be slaughtered, many of them killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. And so in that tribulation, they're going to have to have patience waiting for the coming of the Lord. So there is a definite tribulation context to this. The immediate context within chapter 5, we see from verses 1 through 6, that there are some rich people that are oppressing these believers. 
these believers are faithfully working, doing what they're supposed to be doing, and their, their um, bosses have kept back uh, from them their, the reward that they should have uh, rightly earned. Um, the therefore, in verse number 7, he says, be patient, therefore, it refers back, and it, it's showing that these Jews, they needed um, patience in the particular problem uh, which they faced. They were evidently the righteous poor who were oppressed by the rich. But James has good news for these people. They can be patient in the midst of such unreasonable treatment. So they weren't being treated properly. Now for us, broadly, patience is one of our our crying needs, isn't it? When the author of Hebrews wrote, Ye have need of patience, he put his finger on one of the sore spots of the human frame. In our life, man, if if yours is like mine... It is a life of sustained tension, so much so that one servant of Christ has described our life as a case of hurry, worry, and bury. It's the way we can sum up so many of our lives, right? Um, But tonight, I want us to look at this. We're first going to look at two reasons that we can have patience, and that's on your handout there. Two reasons that we can have patience, and then we're going to look at four areas in which we need patience. So how in this world... Can we have patience? Well, what are the reasons? Well, number one, remembering the Lord's return. You and I can have patience in this world as we remember the promise of the Lord to come back. He says in verse 7, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Number one, remembering the Lord's return. First of all, we have to remember His promise. The Lord Jesus Christ has promised over and over again, time after time in the scriptures, that he is coming back for his own. In 2 Peter 3, 9, this sounds very much like James. He says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And just in hearing these testimonies tonight, many of you are seeing your friends come to know Christ, and you're seeing opportunities that God is bringing up to witness uh, to the lost. And that tells me one thing, that the Lord is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. These souls that are coming to know Christ in these last days, before the tribulation comes and that and part of and the church age door is shut, the Lord is waiting patiently for more people to come to know Him as their Savior. Amen. And listen, it is taking the patience of the Lord to do that. When you and I we see the wickedness of this world grow and grow and the animosity toward the Lord Jesus Christ grow greater and greater, it just, de- again, demonstrates the, uh, the intensity of our God's patience Amen. and love towards sinners. So in 1 John 3, 2, he says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Right. One of the reasons that you and I can have patience in this world is to know Jesus Christ is coming back. Amen. He hasn't forgotten, and he's not late. Now, some of you have thrown around the term, I'm going to preach here for a minute, Brynick time. (laughs) I have grown up through my life hearing, yeah, he's running on Brynick time, which simply means that I have been late to things before in my life. Um, Not anymore. anymore. (laughs) I am not going to be late for the Lord's coming back. It's the one event in my entire life that I may be on time for. (laughs) I may miss my own funeral, but I'm not risking the rapture. Um, you know, there are just things that, that the Lord is not late. 
And if you are like me, you know, as you watch different events unfold, um, you know, most recently, uh, President Ahmadinejad in Iran, uh, this uh, just a few weeks ago, has announced that they have the capability uh, to begin building nuclear things. And, uh, you know, he says that they're going to use it for energy. And, you know, in my own personal opinion, and, you know, obviously you're allowed to disagree with this, but in my own personal opinion, I'm waiting for the day that I just wake up and you see that Israel did a preemptive strike and just goes into Iran. Um, there's some amazing things that could be happening very, very soon. And as that begins to get closer and closer, we know that the return of the Lord, it's, it's coming. Amen. So, first of all, we have His promise, and then let her be the proximity. Um, in James chapter uh, 5 and verse 8, he says, Be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Guys, it's getting close. And as I hear these testimonies about uh, you witnessing, man, it, it challenges me to think about who am I witnessing to? What about my street? You know, um, I know that I've, uh, in the past, that I've gone out and I've invited the people on my street, but I need to do it again because the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. And I know some people on my street that have moved. And some new people have moved in, and I haven't witnessed to them yet. And so as the Lord's proximity, as His return gets very close, Romans chapter 13 and verse 11 says, And knowing that the time, that now is the high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. And Philippians 4, 5 says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. It's amazing. The last verse of our Bible in Revelation, He says, Even so, come quickly. And uh, Jesus Christ, he's coming back Amen. very, very soon. So we can know, we can have patience because we know the Lord is coming back. We are, can remember the Lord's return. But then secondly, we can remember the Lord's reward. We can remember the Lord's reward. He says here that uh, the judge standeth before the door. From verse number 9, the judge standeth before the door. Jesus said in John 14, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And in Revelation twenty two twelve it says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. So Jesus Christ, this righteous judge, when he comes back, as you have faithfully lived for him, and you have faithfully gone out and, and, and seen souls saved, Jesus Christ is bringing his reward with him. And we're just going to throw it back at his feet. Amen. As, we, as it says, um, we fall down and we're going to lay those crowns at his feet. And imagine the number of people. You know, I, Carrie, I can't imagine what it's going to be like as you stand there. And these little girls are there with you before the judgment seat of Christ. And they're entering into a, a heaven where they will spend eternity with Jesus Christ forever. Because they may have come to one single event in the life of this church. And you happen to be there to give the gospel. And, these, and, and as you parents faithfully raise your kids in ministry, and they're excited to see their friends get to know Jesus as their Savior. And as you faithfully raise them, the Lord is coming back, and He's bringing His reward with Him. So we can have patience because of the return of the Lord and because of the Lord's reward. So then there are four areas from our text here that we're going to see tonight in which we need patience. The first one is in the plan of God. We need patience in the plan of God. In James chapter 8, he says, uh, we're going to look again at verse 7 and 8. He says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it. Do you see the design and the plan of this husbandman as he waits for this fruit to grow? You know, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. 
Um, I was thinking about this today. You know, the Bible says that the Satan, as a roaring lion, walketh about singing whom he may devour. Does Satan want to destroy God's plan? Yeah. Is Satan seeking to devour your Christian life? Yeah. So God must have a plan for your life. I mean, it's amazing some of the thoughts that come to me that just blow my mind, you know. God has a plan for your life. If God did not have a plan for your life, Anthony, would Satan be trying to devour you if God didn't have a plan for your life? No, he'd move on somewhere else where God has a plan and a purpose. Would Satan be trying to devour God's plan for this church if God didn't have a plan for this church? No. So Jesus Christ has a plan and a purpose for you, but this is where sometimes it takes patience. I have two friends right now that I went to Bible college with. One guy's from he's uh, from Middletown, Ohio. He's a missionary to Africa. Um, another one, my real my, one of my best friends from college, uh, Darren Root. He's a, an assistant um, down in a church in North Carolina. And the medical things that these two guys have gone through, um, it, it's blown me away. Uh, you know, Darren has had um, a certain type of leukemia that that has been treatable through uh, intense sessions of chemotherapy. Um, he spent just a month ago. After Christmas, he spent just weeks in a hospital because his immune system is so trashed by the chemo that he has to go through. And, you know, it's for me, you know, seeing another young guy, mid-20s, uh, late-20s, man, I'm late-20s now. <laughs> seeing another guy that's, you know, 27, 28, 29 years old going through chemotherapy and having leukemia, I can't imagine the patience that those guys have because, you know, they're young, they're full of energy, man. They want to serve the Lord. And I, I, I can't imagine the, the, the struggles that Darren's had. Um, and t- as I get to hear some of the messages that he's preached, man, he is just a, he loves God and he's a, a young man full of faith. And um, I don't know that I could take that kind of stuff, you know, and, and praise God, I've not had to go through some of those things, but the patience to want to be able to to, to to want to physically do things in ministry, and he's limited the way that he is. I can't imagine that. And but that's God's plan for his life right now. And maybe that God's plan physically for you hasn't worked out the way that you thought it would, or or, or a certain job situation, or a certain uh, school situation. And God just has a different plan. In those areas, we've got to have patience. Deuteronomy thirty two four says about God, He is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. And, you know, many times our reaction to wrong that's done to us can be as wrong as the wrong inflicted upon us. Let me say that again. Our reaction to wrong when it's done to us can be just as wrong as that wrong that was done to us. And listen, you know, have you been working with somebody and you got mistreated or you should have gotten the certain, this, this certain promotion or, or you should have gotten this certain thing and somebody else got it instead? And that stuff happens, doesn't it? But the Lord is without iniquity. He does not do wrong. And if this is God's plan and God's purpose for your life, we need to be patient in that. First Samuel 3.12 says, In that day I will perform against Eli all the things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. Ephesians 2.10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Isaiah 26.3, Thou wilt keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Thee, because He trusteth, it, because he trusteth in Thee. And Hebrews 12.1, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight 
in the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Is there something in the plan of, that God has for your life that hasn't gone the way that you thought, and you just need to have patience and trust the Lord? Secondly, the second area is in personal relationships. In personal relationships. Verse number 9 of James chapter 5, he says, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Now you would think, you know, with, with this having the tribulation context that it does, um, let's say that Denver and Ty and I all worked together and we got threatened at work and they just took Denver out because he was Christian and he killed him. How stupid would it be for Ty and I to have a grudge against one another when there are Christian, other Jews getting killed? And you would think within that situation, within that context, that the Jews would band together and that they would have such um, a, a camaraderie and, and a brotherhood because of the persecution that's hitting them that they wouldn't grudge against. Why would he even have to say that? Because yeah. we're people. And the attacks can come from outside, but how much greater is it? I know, Pastor, you preached on this just a few weeks ago. We're supposed to be fighting the principalities and the powers, not each other. And, uh, you know, I think about, I believe that, uh, I think his name, Pat Tillman, uh, just a few years ago, um, one of the uh, uh, football player for Kansas City who uh, was actively uh, in, in duty in our military. And there's a tragic story where he was killed by friendly fire. And, you know, it's bad enough when the enemy is shooting at you, but I, I cannot imagine uh, that, that type of situation. But yet, how many churches across this country is there friendly fire from Christians because oh, I can't believe they did and just start listing the ministries, whether it be you know the music, the youth, the outreach, the Awana. Just why didn't I get that position? Why didn't I get to sing this song? Why didn't they just go down the list? And you have Christians just holding grudges against one another. He says, "Listen, grudge not one against another. You're going to need patience." If you're ever going to, as you are part of a local church and you guys, man, you know this, you need patience with people, don't we? Amen. Grudge not one against another. Ephesians 4.30 says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And I love how he tacks this on. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Amen. No reason at all for us to hold a grudge against another. Believer, you can hate the unsaved people. Don't hold grudges against Christians. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> number three. Uh, all right, so you need um, in these uh, areas. Number three is in perpetual trouble. In perpetual trouble. In chapter in chapter five and verse ten here in James, he says, "Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience." I got to tell you, I have. I can't remember the last time, other than when I was still living at home under my parents' roof, that somebody actually wanted to kill me. I, <laughs> other than that, I've never been, I've never had any death threats come to my door because I'm a Christian. But do you remember what Jesus in the Gospels said over and over to these Jews? What had they done to their fathers? What had they done to the prophets? They were killing them. In, uh, in Acts, you've got Stephen. They stoned him and he said, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. You never listen to the prophets. You never listen to the word of God. And here in this perpetual trouble, James, as these Jews in the tribulation are going to face terrible affliction, he says, remember the prophets. You know what this tells me? It tells me you're not alone. 
You know, the, 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 the syndrome where it's just, well, nobody's going, man, I don't think everybody, anybody's ever had it as hard as I've ever had it. I mean, you should see the guy that I work for. <laughs> I was having fun. Um, <laughs> uh, I paid him for the service. So, um, you know, just in, in w- whether it's physical or a family situation, man, oh, man, I don't think there's ever been another teenager alive that's had parents like mine. I can't believe this. <sighs> and we get this syndrome, and James says, listen, remember the ones that have gone before you that have died for their faith. You know, I, I think about. You know, the times when my back hurts, my back hurts sometimes. My wife and I, we went and uh, we got cheated this week. And uh, we got one of those, one of the basic uh, sleep number beds, the select comfort. So we're waiting for that in the mail and I'm excited about it. She's real excited about it because sometimes my back hurts. And you know, the times when I think my back really hurts. Lydia and I, we have this little joke going where we just try and annoy each other as much as possible, especially in public places. And so the way we would say it to each other is, but my back hurts. Now, it's her voice is much higher pitched than mine, which is great. But in those times, when I think that my back hurts, that's when I remember my friend Darren. And I think, you know what? <laughs> I'll take my back hurting. And, you know, are we, there? are we there with a pouting attitude? He says, listen, he knows that we need patience sometimes in affliction. That's why he says, remember uh, these prophets and their suffering affliction. And then verse 11, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Look with me in the book of Job at chapter 13 and verse 15. And um, just to recap very quickly from Job chapter 1, he lost all of his sons. He loses his family, his cattle, uh, all within uh, an unbelievably brief period of time. Job loses so much in his life. And then on top of that, physically, God allows Satan to give him boils. I'm just saying, oh, I cannot imagine. And yet here, you know, then all, but Job has friends, right? And his friends come to him to comfort him. And hey, Job, you lost all this because you sinned against God. That's basically their comfort to him, right? Well, Job chapter 13, in verse 15, we find here the patience of Job where he says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will attain mine own ways before him. And later on, we find out that uh, in Job chapter 42, we see the end of Job. Job says, uh, and I love the way James says it, he says, Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. He reminds them, listen, how did it work out for Job in the end? He got double all that he had. Joseph grew up with brothers hating his guts so much that they sold him into slavery, thinking they would never see him again. And in that moment, as a young man, he could have said, forget this God thing. If there's a God, why did he allow me to be in this family with these brothers going to that guy's house? And then he does right. He flees temptation. He gets thrown in a jail uh, and falsely accused of something that he didn't do. And he could have just said, forget it. Forget it, God, I'm done. But he didn't. And how did it end for him? He ends up being second in command in the most powerful nation in the world at that time. And God uses Joseph to preserve the nation of Israel in time of famine. God has an end. He says, I will, what, what I begin, I will finish. What has God started in your life? 
God will finish it. As you follow Him and live for Him, God has an amazing plan for you. So consider, as, as you go through the affliction or the temptation or the trouble that you do, and there is a legitimate uh, affliction that we go through. I know that our lives right now aren't being threatened for Christ, but there are still things that you go through. Somebody at work saying, you hear about Nick trying to give me the gospel? That guy's a reader, whatever. There are still legitimate things that you and I go through for Christ, and we must consider the end of the Lord, that He is faithful, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So um, in these areas that we need patience, in the plan of God, number two, in personal relationships, number three, in perpetual trouble. Um, 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Many of you didn't really start getting persecuted till you started giving the gospel, right? And as you did that, that's when some of that affliction came. And then verse number four, in the pattern of our speech, in our pattern of speech, this is an area in which we need Patience, verse 12 says, But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay nay, lest you fall into condemnation. And uh, Ephesians 4, 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. And somebody, and here's the deal. It doesn't matter what your temperament is. You know, I found out that I've got a pretty calm temperament, but there's still stuff that I want to say that and I'm not saying. I'm just a little better not saying it, right? But I'm not so good at not thinking it. See, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sneaky like that. They're all, and this is an area in our pattern of speech, you know, you know guys, how are we speaking to our wives? Wives, how are you speaking to your husbands? Fathers, how are you sp- <laughs> Fathers, how are you talking to your children? You know, as you as you as you rule your own house, you know, the Bible says rule it with all authority. How are you speaking with your children? How are you speaking with that person at work? Um, you know, guys, what kind of jokes are we laughing at uh, on the job? Those kinds of things. In our pattern of speech, we need to have patience. And I close with this. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of His dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Let's pray.